Hello and welcome to what I think is probably the final audio entry into the nominee interview series this year. Um, We've had four episodes happen in audio form so far, um, and the rest of the interviews are all available on myentertainmentworld.ca in print form. Those are all of our one-on-one interviews, but um, for ensemble nominees and production nominees, generally we like to get people together in a room to talk about the show, and you can and then release it in audio form so that you can get a sense of the interpretation personal dynamics and the group uh, chemistry. Uh, We were able to do that three times this year before uh, we all went into social isolation. However, we happened to get an email from the publicist of the show The Particulars, um, which is nominated for Outstanding New Work um, and for Outstanding Performance in a Play, which normally those are the sort of um, nominations that would result in two separate uh, regular print Q and A's, um, with Matthew McKenzie, the playwright and Simon Bracken, the actor. However, when the publicist for the particulars emailed us, they happened to mention that Matthew and Simon are actually roommates and they are isolated together. So we decided to take that, um, opportunity to do a group interview because why not? Um, we hadn't been able to do one in a while because we're all in isolation as well. Um, so we got together with Matthew and Simon and as well as Jackie Houghton, who does this interview because she's the person who actually did the review of the particulars and is responsible for the nominations. Um, so we got together over Zoom and did a good old fashioned Zoom conference call um, to do this joint interview. And so we can release it in audio form for you. Um, there's lots of other things going on on our podcast feed because we are all about that Zoom life. Uh, so we have, in addition to our usual podcast series that we have, which are the Shakespeare series and the favorites series, um, during social isolation, we have invented two new series um, or two new projects that we're working on, including Corona Cold Reads, which is a twice weekly Shakespeare reading, um, which the videos are all available on YouTube. You can live, you can check in with the live streams on Tuesday and Saturday nights, um, as well as the audio is available in podcast form. And the videos are available to watch anytime. We also have the Corona Movie Club, um, which is just a movie podcast. Three times a week, we're just talking about movies, like book club format. Um, So that's been really fun. That's really providing a lot of content to the podcast feed. So there's never been a better time to subscribe on iTunes. Just type in My Entertainment World. Um, And then check out what's happening on the website, myentertainmentworld.ca. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at myentworld, my ENT world. Always new content happening up there. And it also will keep you informed of what else is happening on the site, on our many um, different platforms that we have. Um... Unfortunately, the awards had to be canceled. They were supposed to be on April 6th, but of course, we're all in isolation, so that couldn't happen. So what we're doing instead is just extending the nominee interview series. Eventually, we're just going to have to announce the winners on the website, um, which is not the amount of fanfare we usually like to have, but we make do. Um, And then eventually, when we are able to get together again, we will have some sort of event um, to get the trophies into the hands of the winners. Um, cause we do have trophies for you. So don't worry. Um, eventually we will see when we're able to do that. But for now, what we have is the interview series. And so, um, I hope you enjoy this chat that, uh, Jackie had with Matthew and Simon. Um, first I'm going to play a quick inter- a quick little introduction that I recorded with Jackie about why she liked the particulars, why she felt they deserved the nominations, and then I'll get you right into the interview. Okay. Hope you enjoy. 
All right. Um, so my name is Jackie Houghton. Today I will be talking about the production, The Particulars, written by Matthew McKenzie. And I also nominated Simon Bracken as a lead actor in a performance. Um, the show, The Particulars, is an intense show. You walk into the show, uh, there's a single narrator surrounded by several women in these ethereal white gowns um, who are dancers. And you kind of take this very intense journey with the character Gordon through his life, just the every single minute, tiny detail of his life. So we learn about his job, we learn about his place of worship, we learn basically everything about his routines throughout the day, his cat, his stray cat, um, and all of this, these tiny little minute details of how he works through his day. However, as the play goes on, you can kind of see Simon, uh, Gordon, sorry, played by Simon, uh, unraveling. So he's suffering from insomnia, and as the insomnia gets worse, his mental state becomes more unhinged. He feels that his house is infested with vermin, and bugs are taking over his garden. So all of these things are leading you down this very dark path with Gordon as he continuously spirals deeper and deeper and deeper into this insomnia-driven psychosis, I would almost say, um, until you get to the end and you really figure out where his place of, where all of these emotions, where all of these things come from, not to give that away. So I found it to be a very intense and powerful and moving production, which is why I nominated it. And I also do love the interaction that Matthew McKenzie plays with this single male narrator and these very beautiful dancers and the, the, the play between those two um, different worlds as well. So that is, that is the reasoning for um, my choice of the particulars and Simon Bracken for nominees. Now here's Jackie's interview with Simon Bracken and Matthew McKenzie of The Particulars. I definitely enjoy The Particulars and I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about it. So um, I guess like first off, uh, just to jump right in, see how we're doing, uh, test the waters. Um, I guess learning, I've seen a lot of your productions, Matthew. I've seen okay. Bears, I've seen oh. Into the Fire and the, and the Particulars. Um, yeah, so Simon, uh, The Particulars was the first show I've seen you in. But I suppose my first question might be like, how did you uh, get into theater? What were your first experiences with theater? So that, you know, where did, where did you come from? Oh. Uh, well, we both came from out west. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm from uh, Edmonton, and uh, someone's from Winnipeg, uh, and we actually met at the National Theatre School in Montreal, so um, so that's how we, we came to know each other, and I got into theatre pretty young as, like, a, I guess, a child actor, uh, and then... Um, didn't really love being on stage so uh got into the writing side of things pretty 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 young and uh yeah so i've kind of wanted to be a playwright since i was a uh, a teenager so it's kind of nice to have yeah shows happening <laughs> did you have uh did you have anybody that inspired you as a playwright 
Um, yeah, I think in, in Edmonton, there's a, there's a lot of playwrights who are based in Edmonton and who, who come from Edmonton. Uh, so, you know, uh, Vern Thiessen, uh, who's a playwright in Edmonton, he, he said it's really a playwright's town and I love that. I love that idea. It's also a place where playwrights, uh, often produce their own work. So that's not, that's not sort of a foreign thing. So I've been doing, uh, quite a bit of that, um, which has been really helpful with shows like Good Particulars and Bears because they're on the page. Sometimes people think that they're a short story, uh, but there's, you know, a whole chorus of dancers and whatnot in my head. So uh, being able to uh, bring teams together and, and, and realize what's in my head has been, uh, yeah, very satisfying. Amazing. I want to get definitely get into more about the dancers later. So we're going to talk about that. Um, what about you, Simon? Any, what, what were your uh, first experiences or inspirations? I... I don't know. I mean, I think I, I just sort of wound up in theater by accident. I was at the University of Manitoba and I was not a drama major. I just took it as an elective. And I think it probably boils down to this rule that they had for intro to theater students where you had to do 40 production hours in order to get an A in the class. And that meant like, helping to build sets or uh, ripping tickets or doing publicity for the theater company, whatever. Or you could be in a show if you successfully auditioned. And I was lazy and didn't want to do any of the set construction or anything like that. So I just auditioned for the play and then ended up really liking it and kind of went from there. Awesome. Sounds, sounds like, I guess you made the right choice. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> with the play, right? <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, so great. I guess uh, jumping into talking a little bit more specifically about the particulars, mm -hmm. um, we talked about your inspiration for theater. Was there any particular inspiration that led you to writing the particulars? Uh, well, the, the initial inspiration... The very, very first inspiration was uh, dealing with like uh, a mouse problem. And that, that turned into kind of a, a crummy short story. And then I went through, um, I guess, yeah, a really bad heartbreak and, and, uh, and, and questioning everything. And uh, that returning to the crummy short story, it suddenly turned into a play. And, uh, and so it's been, it, it, yeah, it evolved over uh, a long time. Um, because we were able to do the show in, in, in various forms and in, in festival settings uh, a number of times over the last, uh, I guess, 10 years. And so, um, so yeah, it's evolved quite a bit. And to be, it's been, yeah, it's become more of a, I guess, a bit of a meditation on, on the complicated nature of grief and, uh, and how that affects a lot of people, uh, yeah, invisibly that you don't that you don't know, you know, you always, you see those, those uh, things on the internet that you don't know what someone's dealing with, be kind to them. But uh, I always, yeah, I do find that fascinating how some people will, if they're going through hard times, they'll just, there'll be little tells um, that, that things are, are, yeah, maybe not as they seem, even if they put on this sort of veneer of, of being very together. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you, I, you know, going back to that complicated nature of grief, I feel like I've seen a lot recently with the COVID-19 and self-isolation, um, the idea of how like globally people are grieving right now, a, a life that's lost to them, um, that they feel that it's lost to them anyways. Do you, I don't know, do you, did you see any of, do you see any of the play maybe reflected in current times? I don't know, I could ask either of you <laughs> that one. Um, oh, I, I'm still working my way through all this right now myself, that it's hard to say. I, yeah, did your, did your preparation for, for being Gordon help you at all to <laughs> make this transition? <laughs> I don't know if Gordon is all that prepared. I mean, Gordon is dealing with a, a very tragic situation, but there's mm -hmm. also what, what my own experiences of grief, there's also the element of how much has he been able to forgive himself? And that exists somewhat outside of the situation of his fiance dying. It has mm -hmm. to do with problems that might have stemmed from before the tragedy. Um, and how much does that color his life and his world? And how much, you know, we talk about now with this quarantine, how much of our own ghosts and demons are coming out to play because we're alone. Um, that's a significant ask. Yeah, it yeah. seems that this, like, someone mentioned the other day that we can't, right now we can't, maybe it was you, Simon, someone, my roommate, <laughs> um, mentioned that we can't escape ourselves right now. And that, 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 that definitely feels like part of Gordon's curse in the particulars is he's, he's stuck with himself um, and he goes through the motions of every day as things kind of unravel. And it feels, at least for myself right now, I try to go through the motions. I'm a writer. I should be able to like roll with this like isolation working from home thing, but it still feels like I'm like, I'm baking it. Like I gotta, I gotta do it for real. Like um, that, that feels, yeah, to be a, a challenge. It reminds me of the particulars. Um, no, I, and I guess as the show developed over the past 10 years, uh, thinking about the change, um, of maybe people's attitudes or people's ideas about mental health and about grief has, did that color any of your, uh, any of the evolution of the play itself? Um, just audience reactions or just society, what, what has become more acceptable in society? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it, it was a tricky play. It's a tricky play to sort of write, write about before, while we're, while we're doing it because, you know, how things end, you know, for, for Gordon, um, you know, everything about mental illness. I think like it, uh, oftentimes that paints it as all, you know, people will come in and not laugh. Uh, and I think for me, the, the times that, uh, that I've sort of struggled with, with things, it's, uh, it can be very, very funny, very darkly funny. And, um, and so, yeah, it does seem to affect people in, in different ways in that regard. I think that, you know, it's it's a fun play in the sense that when we're really kind of in the zone, you, you'll have little pockets of people laughing. People, one person will laugh at something, no one else will. Um, and so it's not like, a, it's not, oh, there's my little, my little dog breathing loudly. Um, it's, yeah, it, 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 
it, it feels like everyone has their kind of own conversation in the dark with the piece. Um, and yeah, but it, we can't, we don't, we don't overtly say it's about mental health and, and everything. I think everyone walks away feeling that though. So. Yeah. I, I like to, I, I did find it quite, at points comedic especially in the i guess the front half of the uh, uh-huh. of the play um i you know specifically the email this <laughs> um definitely made me definitely made me laugh um but i can see where you're coming from so like building on that idea of um how audiences react and different audiences react differently i know one of the people that i went with found it profoundly uncomfortable like a very uncomfortable play mm-hmm. um and just really didn't know how to feel about it in the end, you know, um, you know, how do you, like, I guess you kind of already addressed this, but any, any thoughts about, about those sorts of reactions like that, that discomfort that, you know, almost point like, and I don't want to say that this person did not like the play, but just was like, I never have to see that again. (laughs) So how do you feel about those kind of reactions to, to your work? Well, I think, uh, I don't want to say that's what I'm going for, but <laughs> I, I think that those, the, the nature of laughs, when those laughs are, uh, are coming out in a kind of uncontrolled way, uh, the awkward laughs, mm-hmm. that, that always felt, because I love to listen to an audience, and that always felt like in the zone of the piece, just because, um, yeah, everyone's got a different relationship with mental illness. And, and grief or, or the various things touched on in the play. And so uh, so I'll admit that, like, if the reaction is just like, oh, I loved it, I thought it was so funny, that that, that Gordon, like, oh, <laughs> I feel like that, then I've missed the mark, you know? So to a, I don't want to say I want to make people uncomfortable because <laughs> that doesn't sound like <laughs> fun, but, uh, but I, I think that, that that sounds, yeah, in the territory of where, where we're con- constantly exploring it, and it's not... It's not like we'd go into rehearsal every day and it would be like, ha ha, you know, yeah. rah, rah, funny. Um, it was, it's, it's complicated for us too. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's hopefully challenging for folks who, who come to watch. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I, that's how I felt, you know, it was a challenging play to watch, but it, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I guess uh, for uh, Simon, uh, just to talk a little bit about what, how did you, how do you feel like your relationship was with Gordon? Like, how did you develop Gordon as a character? Well, it's so hard to track because we've done it for like uh, over a decade. Mm. So, so it's, oh yeah, that's a, that's a really tough question because I, I didn't, I don't keep, you know, a journal or, and I find it hard to remember what we did previously or, or and how that came across or it's also just it's gone parallel with my own growth as an artist and an actor and the choices that I make now are not the choices that I would have made then. I can say that every time we've done it we've sort of both decided well we're not going to do what we did last time um, which has been really refreshing. Um, I, I think what I thought about Gordon this time around that might have been different from previous incarnations was thinking about how this um, sort of 
superpower of heightened language of him building and describing um, uh, his world. Did that stem from, was that an, was that an incarnation of himself that was different than he would be in real life? Was that an id or an ego or something else talking or a dream? Um, and did that give me more license? Uh, I'm not sure that it did. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit roundabout, but that's that was that was one thing that I was thinking about this time. Okay, um, so you've always been Gordon in the play? Uh, no, not always. I, I played Gordon when I first wrote the show uh, as a solo, a short solo piece at the National Theater School, uh, and I've I've played him since uh, in festival settings, and we've had. Uh, there's definitely, there's been a few Gordons, but Simon, this is his fourth, fourth, I think. Did we count? I think it's iteration. Yeah, so. Um, I think I've I've seen in um, promotional images that there was a Gordon who wore a suit. But your Gordon that I saw definitely did not wear a suit. Was that a specific choice to uh, be in the bathrobe in the? That was that the... was my my choice after our our preview. Uh, so he actually was in the suit in the preview, and then for opening was not. And uh, yeah, for me it just uh, it did not paint the character in any way as he he is. He looked like GQ, you know, like he was very together, and uh, you know Simon looked awesome. But I did not see a, I did not see a character on the edge, um, and so so we made that cho- choice uh, after we'd already shot our <laughs> promotional photography. <laughs> so yeah, it looked like another production, but it was actually the same production. So yeah, okay. No, I I, I think it was a good choice. It was okay. a good choice. <laughs> um, I guess I want to go back. I know I said I wanted to talk about the dancers. So uh-huh. I want to go back and talk about the dancers. Um, it's not the first time you've used dancers in your production. There was the dancers in Bears as well. Um, so what? How? what is your relationship or how do you feel like is the importance of dance to your storytelling? Um, well, you know, it's it's funny because in, in Bears, we felt we learned all this all this stuff about how the dance would work with the text, like in Bears, like Floyd in Bears speaks in the third person and Gordon in the particular speaks in the third person. But we learned pretty early on that the dance functioned in a very different way. Um, like in Bears, the dancers are, are very much representing the literal world. They're transforming into various birds and animals that, that uh, the hero encounters along his journey. But in the particulars, um, the dance, the dancers are much more uh, like they're speaking to the abstract, and that that felt, you know, uh, choreographer Alita uh, Kendall, who's who's phenomenal. She was in Bears. Um, uh, she, you know, we, we were able to have a number of workshops and really explore how how the dance would work uh, as it spoke about the in, uh, the abstract, and it felt that. Um, you know, I'd still love to continue. We could we could continue discovering uh, for a long, long time, but it, it felt like uh, it, it it made 
Gordon's story, it, it held it on a much more heightened uh, plane um, for, for me and I, I think for the audience. And so, so yeah, Alita can do through dance and the dancers can do through, through dance um, what I can't do with words. So it's, it's, it's been an incredible luxury to have, you know, these choruses of dancers and uh you know working with us to tell these these we call them dance plays now so <laughs> yeah no they're beautiful and what about you simon how do you feel like your relationship was with the dancers on on stage how did you like working with them um i really liked it but it, <laughs> or just the nature of how we rehearsed it and the fact that gordon is sort of almost um uh, on, on, in some ways, not in re- never acting in relation to the dancers. Can't see them. Doesn't talk to them. Doesn't um, that uh, it was hard for me to to know that they were there because I was always facing out and just sort of ignoring them. Um, but then there were times when I would, in rehearsal, just step aside and watch them and I'd be like oh that's what they're doing then well that totally colors what I'm saying here and in this different way and um so it was it was really interesting I've never been in anything like that before um yeah have the dance so the dancers haven't always been part of the play this it it was a new I had, had the dream of it for a long time but um it wasn't until uh, uh, until Bears had ha- uh, we were able to do Bears and it was oh, sorry about that uh, successful that then we could sort of demonstrate to the funders that this wasn't just um, you know me trying to just do something like you know to create uh, a giant cast for no reason that it was is really tied to the to the storytelling and a necessary thing you know I think um, it was it was a you know, I did get the feedback from Bears saying, oh, you know, that could be a really great one-man show. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how many one-man shows are there out there? Um, you know, like, but no one said that to me after the particulars this time, even though it had existed as a, as a solo show for, for quite some time. And that, that was, that was great to hear because, or not to hear rather, because um, it makes me feel that people saw the dances as, as integral uh to to the storytelling which is what we were going for definitely i saw the dance as being something that definitely added to the emotion but also softened the intensity a little bit is how how i saw the dancers is that like yes it was a softening not in a like (laughs) it must be very dark Well, just I think it's partially the the visual effect of them as well. They they looked like they were ghostly, but that did so, it felt like it softened the very dark, like stark stage. So, okay. uh, in my in my personal opinion, okay. cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So great. Those are I just those were the main things that I wanted to touch base on. I just wonder if there's anything else that you might want to add before we uh, before we wrap things up. Anything you want to add, Sam? No, I don't think so. I, I'm, I am curious to know what else you thought about the show. Just that, that comment right there about the dance softening. Yeah, that's why it was really... I heard that a lot. Yeah, yeah. that was very informative. Um, I, so, can I tell you a very embarrassing story? On the opening night, my phone went off 
right when you started the play. Oh, okay. Really? I don't know if you heard it. I was, but I was mortified. I was 100% mortified that this happened. Um, So I went into the play very stressed out just because that's how, that's how it started for me with my, I felt I was very, I interrupted you. Little did I know the play would become much more intense than my own discomfort over my faux pas with the phone. So, um, no, I, though, but I think I definitely enjoyed the dance as part of, as part of the overall aesthetic of the play. I, I really liked all of the tiny little details and it not being overtly, um, as you said, like it's not overtly about mental health, but you saw all those tiny little details working together and the repetition I also felt was something that um, really um, pushed, the, pushed the ideas through to me. I like that I like that repetitive quality of what Simon was doing. You know, every day was the same and he would explain it in the same way, but maybe the tone would change as it went on. It might've got a little bit faster, a little bit more frantic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely felt that it was a, it was, it definitely was a powerful, powerful performance. Simon, your power, your performance was very powerful. Um, it was an intense production. That's how, when I left, I, I was thinking about it for quite a while afterwards. So, but yes, I, I guess maybe, yeah, it's interesting that I, that I felt the the dance softened it for me and it might just be my affinity for dance. that's great great to hear yeah did it uh, i mean i know the stories are completely different but just because we were geeking out on it so much the people who were involved in bears and who were involved in the particulars did it how did it hit you differently even though it was a speaker and chorus yes yeah i felt like it was it definitely um bears to me felt like systemic injustice being played out in front of me um, through a particular character. So I felt like it, it was, it, it spoke a lot to me about injustice in Canada and injustice towards uh, Indigenous people. And I felt particulars was more of a personal journey. So that I, like the character's personal journey was more internal, more uh, about himself and for himself. Whereas I felt Bears was a little bit more global in view with the speaker cool cool yeah yeah and not not that either one's bad you know there's both there's definitely benefits for like neither is better than the other neither is bad no one isn't better than the other um mm-hmm. it's just a different perspective how i personally how i felt it was yeah yeah cool yeah yeah but it definitely i love the dancing in both different styles of dancing different like purpose of dancing uh, for the dance, but I also enjoyed. I, I, I think it was. It's the dance is a beautiful addition to the play. Great, yeah, that's, that's good to hear. If people are ever like, "Oh, I could just lose the dancers," I'm like, "Oh, I think you, <laughs> you missed I, the point." Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and just talking right now, it makes me think about why I can't stand one man shows, and it's because. I feel ultimately, no matter what, it just boils down to a talking head. And the text is, uh, what? It can, it can become a sort of an affront on the audience, but the dance takes away from that. It's like, it's almost the same as having just one more scene partner come on and it gives the audience a chance to breathe. Dance is, is less direct than 
a direct address. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just, it feels so much better doing it with them now because I'm not carrying the whole thing in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like, well, you did a phenomenal job carrying it. Like I was 70 minutes later, I couldn't believe you had it. You were just very, like very powerful performance. And I, you know, the monologue was beautiful, but yes. And I think that like, you know, I feel like what you said a little bit there was kind of like how I was saying, maybe it softened the show a little bit. Like it takes it away from, as you said, that one, one person carrying it, that one talking head and just kind of give, it gives it space to breathe, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you. I know it's about half an hour of your time now, but is it, if there's nothing else, um, that I can add and nothing else that you would like to add. Um, maybe, I don't know if Kelly wants to come back. I don't know if we want to wrap things up, but yeah, thank you for talking with me. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, you taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't too busy, I guess. No, <laughs> no we were not. I should say that will be, I'm working with Monica daughter again uh, um, on a, on a piece that'll be happening. Uh, hopefully, if we're not in quarantine still in a year at the at the theater center, which will be another uh, dance uh, dance play. So uh, so if you're able to, please come to that. I love Monica. She's great. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I will definitely, definitely yeah, be yeah. being in the audience for that one. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, well, thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Thanks very much. Done. Bye, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> Stay safe. Thank you, please, guys. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. Bye-bye. You too.